Welcome to the Events Podcast, a show that summarizes the best talks at Vancouver events. I'm Samantha Ming. In this episode, we're going to learn about making the perfect pitch. This is the second talk from the Startup Sprint event. Norma, who is a 2007 winner of the New Ventures competition, takes the stage and share tips on what goes into a winning pitch. The two things you need to highlight are your people and the market. In this first clip, Norma explains why it's important to talk about the people. Daniel Muzika from UBC said, you can take a C technology, so something that looks like, hmm, I don't even know if this technology has legs, and you put it with an A team and they will make it an A product, right? And the converse is true, is that you can take an A product and you put it with a team that doesn't have what it takes and they'll ruin it. That's just fundamentally the case with almost anything. So the people and how you explain how the people in your team are gonna make this happen is paramount. That has to get across in the pitch because if people don't believe in you, they're not gonna give you money. They're not giving money to a technology. They're not giving money to a market. They're giving money to people who they're entrusting are gonna actually do something with it that's much greater than what was, was given. The next important thing is to highlight your market. So the second important thing is the market. There has to be a high unmet need. You can have a great technology that you think serves an important purpose, but if you can't clearly explain how there is an unmet need in the market and how that technology serves it, it's, it's a moot discussion. So you need to demonstrate how your company will be viable and be able to deliver shareholder value through the people, through the unmet need in the market, and through your technology. Part of that demonstration is to talk about the exit. You need to show that you can make money for those who invest in your company. I urge you that throughout your whole presentation is to talk about the exit. When we did our presentation, I don't think we ever talked about the people without talking about the exit. We didn't talk about the market without talking about the exit. And we didn't talk about the technology without the exit. So throughout, the jury needs to feel that you understand that you are aiming to make money for the people who invest in your company. How should you structure these topics into your presentation slides? The people slides should be around one or two. The market, four or five, and the technology, four or five. It really should be all you need because everybody in that room, the jury and the judges, will have already read your business plan, right? So this is, this is an exercise in the pitch. You're actually not trying to convince them that you know you have a thorough business plan and it's all been you know well thought out. They'll know that. That's why you got to the top ten in the first place. This is really an exercise in delivery. This is an exercise in uh, convincing the people that you've got something that is uh, worthy of being invested in because you're going to bring them back a really big return. So the body of your slide deck will be composed of your market, the people, and your technology. But don't forget about your opening and closing slides. The first and last slide of the deck, they're really just visual to give uh, your audience a view of A, what you're going to try to sell them on, and B, for the last slide, is you're just summarizing the winning components. And I really recommend that you do have a first and last slide to do that because it really ties it up with a bonus. I've seen presentations started in so many smart ways, like through asking a question. 
uh, but it has to be very relevant. It has to lead in pretty quickly into what you're going to say. But your, your, your opening really has to capture the audience and convince them. Let them know what you need to convince them of. Or ask them a question that makes them think, yeah, we actually really do need that. Right? So there's different ways to open, but capture. And then at the end, summarize. And don't forget about having a backup deck. The backup deck. Okay, so you've only got 10 slides in the front, plus your, your intro slide and your summary slide. But the back deck can be huge. Don't hold back. Just know the order that you have them in. Uh, is uh, your back deck should have everything that you really want. You have to really decide between what you want to tell everybody and what they absolutely need to know. Right? There's a big difference between what they absolutely need to know and what you really want to tell them. Everything in the back deck should be what you really want to tell them. So if you have somebody in the audience who knows your space as well as you do, and there might be, that person is going to have a technical question and you're going to have that slide in the backup deck. Right? So anything like technical details or diagrams, potential risks, a SWOT analysis, uh, any next steps, deal scenarios, if you're going to try to convince them that yes, this is, you have a saleable company and you have some analogs in the market, look at this company was sold for this much and that kind of, have those examples in your back deck. Okay, so that's, that's kind of like your stash of things that is going to help you handle the Q&A. I've seen people handle the Q&A only verbally with no slides. It's never as strong. Norma also suggests that you use more images than text. And if you do have text, keep it under six major bullet points. And ideally, no more than six words per point. One complaint that Norma hears a lot from participants is not having enough time. She gives an interesting response to this. So people often complain about lack of time when the lack of direction is the problem. Okay, so. The reason that I really like this quote is because people feel like, oh my god, how am I going to say all this in 15 minutes and really communicate that? Well, if you can't, the conclusion people are going to come to is that you don't get it well enough, or you're not clear enough, or you don't have clear enough direction, right? So uh, you really need to get that tight. It's, it's hard work. So how do you better manage your time? Well, it starts with having a very clear message. Norma explains. People who are clear thinkers are succinct and they're to the point. If you need to go on for too long and you're losing people, uh, you're going to lose investors, you're going to lose possible clients, you're going to lose a lot of people because you're not clear and you're not succinct. People's eyes are going to start to blaze over even though it's, it's interesting, you're going on too long, right? So that's really about managing time. Uh, professional and capable people also respect time. If you're being given 15 minutes and you can't respect that, how are you going to respect all of the other business things that you do and the time that you're going to take from people along the way? Very important. And you want, to, you want your whole story to be delivered. If, you're not on, if you don't practice it to get it on time, you get to the end where you're really going to you know, give them the goods in the last five minutes or so and you don't get the chance to. But that's a shame, right? How do you decide who should present? Uh, so, and I'm often asked who the presenter should be. It should be the person who's leading the organization. Okay, often some companies say, oh no, I want my, my CTO to do it or my CFO because they really get the numbers. Never is convincing, right? Uh, unless there's a major scheduling problem and you have no other choice, that's actually occurred once and they video conference the CEO 
onto the presentation. So you, that, that's who it needs to be. Uh, another thing is uh, if English is a second language, you have to practice more, okay? Because uh, communication is key, and the, the people, because this presentation is being given in English, uh, your command of the English language will be important, and uh, that will also affect to some extent your ability to communicate in a succinct period of time clearly. So if, you do, if the person whose first language is not English, but you do have somebody who does have a stronger command of English that can chime in and answer certain questions, especially during the Q&A, bring them with you. And make sure you practice. Not only will that help you familiarize your presentation, but it can also help you practice eliminating those dreaded filler words. Practice 20 times. I don't know why that's a magic number, but once you decide what you're going to say and you've got it in your slide deck, practice, practice, practice. And uh, the reason why is it limits the number of dead spaces that we do. We say, um, we uh, do other things to fill in the space when we're uncomfortable. If you say fewer of those, it's less annoying. I was at a, a presentation recently, and every time the person was speaking, at the end of their statement, they would say, okay, okay. So now I'm gonna go to slide 11, okay? And then they kept saying, okay, it was, and it was a nervous thing, but when somebody says okay, and they're asking you a question, we're, in, we're prompted to think, is it okay or not okay? So we all have our own different nervous habits, so try to practice as much as possible to kind of clean that stuff out, right? Don't be afraid to paint a big exit. Norma shares her final advice. What I like this, uh, about this quote from Michelangelo is he says, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and that we miss it, but that it's too low and we reach it. Isn't that great? Like, what a shame to set your sights this low and of course you get it. And then you go a little higher and you go, why not go all the way? You can. That's why you're here on a Saturday and other people aren't. And that concludes this talk. But stick around for my review next. Another great speaker from this event. I remember attending business competitions back when I was studying at UBC. One thing I wish I knew was this backup deck. I didn't know we could have a backup deck. So whenever the judge would ask my team a question, we would scramble through our slides hoping to find something that would support our answer because we knew having something visual makes our answer more credible with the judges. A backup deck is definitely very handy to have for those instances when you need a slide that's not in your main presentation. So have a backup deck handy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Events Podcast. There are more episodes on this event so don't forget to subscribe. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you can rate us on iTunes. Even better, leave a review. Making a podcast is tough, so it'll be super awesome to read some of your positive comments or constructive feedback. I'm Samantha Ming, and thank you for tuning in. The best way to sound like you know what you're talking about is to know what you're talking about.